Hey, I'm JR. And I'm Mike from the 18 Over Par with Mike and JR podcast. Welcome to season two of the podcast, where we'll continue exploring the sights, stories, and sounds of golf on the prairies, where you'll find some of the most golf courses per capita of anywhere in the world and beer. And Lots beer. of beer. Lots of beer, JR. A hidden gem no more. Enjoy one of the top stay-and-play packages in Manitoba at Oak Island Resort and Golf, just southwest of Brandon. Designed by one of the most prolific course architects in the country, you can enjoy over 6,600 yards of challenging and unforgettable golf amidst beautiful prairie wetlands and some of the best putting services on the planet. Once you put it out on 18, relax in one of the four fully equipped cabins on site while your hot dog or burger cooks on the BBQ. Or if camping is your thing, you can stay at one of the nearly 400 fully serviced sites. Book today by visiting oakislandmb.ca. Des and Andrea would love to see you down there and tell them 18 over par sent you and Mike and I will buy you around. That's oakislandmb.ca to book your stay and play package now or click on the link in our pod show notes. It's the 18 Over Par Podcast with Mike and JR. You suck, you duckass. Welcome to 18 Over Par with Mike and JR, proudly presented by Bryce Matlaszewski, who is an investment advisor with Endeavor Wealth Management, part of IA Private Wealth, and a member of the Canadian Investor Protection Fund. You can contact Bryce at 204-515-3446. I'm JR, he's Mike, and today we're joined by Southwood Golf and Country Club Superintendent, Dustin Howe. And September is Superintendent Appreciation Month, so make sure you thank a super and or their staff. Well, we found ourselves in a unique location, at least uh, for us. Usually we're either coming from a nice studio with acoustic paneling. Uh, but this, I would say, is this is golf. This is golf, we, yeah. yeah. This is golf. This is where, where it all happens. Uh, September is Thank a Super Month, and there was actually Thank a Super Day. I think we dragged it out to a month, or was that something else? That Oh, it was only one day. Yeah, I think yeah, we, okay. we had said a month, and they deserve a full month, yeah. but it is, a, what was it, September 13th was the day, thank a super. Mm-hmm. So you, we might as well make it a month, but uh, <laughs> but yeah, we'll call this Studio it's T. Our, yeah. Studio T for the Cur- Turf Care Center. Yes, the Turf Care Center, lovely sign. We had Mike on the tractor out front. Uh, maybe we'll post a picture about that, and he uh, ruined his pants. <laughs> <laughs> or is the steering wheel ruined his pants? Well, I probably shouldn't have been sitting on the uh, ancient uh, Toro Has mower. anyone sat on that, by the way? Uh, we took our Manitoba Open photo on it. So yeah. Oh, okay. Did, yeah. Okay, good. And okay. That, that's a 1954 Toro General, and then ran right up at Southwood right up until the 1990s. Wow. Oh, wow. Okay, so it's, it's awesome. got some history then yeah. to it. Cool. That's really neat. See, we're learning even more than we thought. So we did do a tour around uh, the premises here at the Turf Care Center, and we'll discuss a little bit about that. But uh, first and foremost, we want to give a shout-out because we only got a few more shows left. And uh, Bryce Malachewski, he has been with us since the beginning of this season, so thanks so much for coming on. And uh, he is an investment advisor with Endeavor Wealth Management, part of IA Private Wealth, and a member of the Canadian Investor Protection Fund. You can give him a call, even though it's a very busy month for Bryce. 
will have time for you to chat golf and investments at 204-515-3446. We also have all his info in our pod show notes. And as well, Dustin, you and the fam, you and the crew, whoever you want, you're going to get yourselves a custom 8-inch cake from the Nick and Nicky group of DQs, DQ Northgate, DQ Polo Park and the Food Court, DQ Neverville, and DQ St. Anne's Road. You can follow them at DQ Manitoba on Instagram. And you can follow DQ Nick as well for yeah. all the burgers that he's Follow been. him. And he was on Winnipeg Sports Talk. Was he? Yesterday. Oh, okay. He, he doesn't want to come on our podcast, but he'll go on uh, Hustler's podcast. So go check that out. It would be on YouTube, but I haven't looked at it yet. Not sure what he's talking about. Yeah, he doesn't Ice think cream. he's interesting enough. We'll have to get people to follow him on Instagram troll him and say come on the show <laughs> let's do it that's worked in the past <laughs> <laughs> it has actually worked in the past and some in some cases the opposite and we did have a chance uh this month earlier this month or was it in august anyways we chatted with uh, another gentleman who was a superintendent now director of golf at oak island resort and golf and they are a destination sponsor still some time left mm-hmm. in september all stay and play packages oakislandmb.ca check it out 20 percent off those stay and play packages just mentioned 18 over par, and we have all the info in our show notes of how you can connect with B, Des, Andrea, whoever it is at Oak Island, and they will hook you up with uh, that 20% off deal for their stay and play packages for September. Yeah. Gotta love it. Go see them. Course is in great shape. I wish uh, I could take the uh, the rest of the, the season off and, and go play Oak Island. <laughs> or here for that matter, because it's in lovely shape. So I am a social member now. At Southwood, so with uh, Steeper, Jeff Scott, the the whole crew here, I didn't really know where it was located <laughs> until we had a chance to play with Colin Abgrosiak come out, and then I found out it's about 10 minutes from my office. And I'm like, holy shit. How convenient. How convenient. I had no idea that it was this close. Mm-hmm. Played it, loved it, and now I'm a social member. Love the practice facility. Get out here, bang some balls, make some putts. Short game is coming around. But the one thing that I, I really did love and I'm obsessed with are greens and here especially they are very green they roll true and they're still soft and i think we found out why because i didn't realize this because they're built on a sand base which most courses you wouldn't get because they're so old in manitoba Uh, but here being what uh, 11 12 years old now um do you have to do much to the greens uh yes okay (laughs) yeah there's there's no shortage of effort um even when the greens are good, like you've just talked about, thank you very much. Um, even when they're good, they're still our number one priority, right? Mm-hmm. So on a day like today, we had four pieces of equipment out there. Uh, you know, we're continually doing different cultural practices, uh, liquid spray apps, like I've uh, been telling you guys about every seven days, uh, pretty much through the summer. Um, there's always something going on there, whether we're looking at water or doing hand watering, um, but they, but they are uh, definitely a unique surface. Um, most places you play in Manitoba would be a soil push-up green, slowly changing as, as courses are doing a lot of renovations and, and a lot of aerating over time. But they have a very different feel. You know, it, um, they don't get like hard and a ball bounces 10 feet off of them this time of year. We really can't get them to dry out to that point. Um, they're built on 15 inches of beach sand. You know, mm. it's a sand out of a ridge, no different than mm. walking on Grand Beach or Winnipeg Beach. And, um, lots of drainage, water goes through them, but just a very a different feel. Yeah. Well, yeah. what a luxury. And I guess going all the way back, we kind of touched on it a bit before, but how did you, like, why did you become a, a superintendent or be part of the maintenance crew at a golf course? That's a great question. Um, it, it's not for the golf. I play maybe six rounds a year. Um, 
I got into golf. My, my dad was a board member. I grew up in Swan river. My dad was a board member until last year there for 40 plus years. Um, in the late eighties, they did a renovation, rebuilt some greens and built some tee boxes. And, and I witnessed that happen and thought it was really neat. Uh, spent a lot of time at my uncle's farm growing up. I really love farming as well and, and knew that my career was going to go one of those two options. And, and it turned to golf and, you know, I was, I think I started working at the golf course in Swan when I was 13 years old and, you know, don't want to, don't want to give my age away, but I guess that's 26 <laughs> years ago. So, uh, you know, well, well down a path of golf and, um, worked in Swan River for five years, came into the city here and took the green space management program at Red River College. Oh, right. That's when they uh, still have it. Cause they didn't, they don't have it anymore, it right? Don't have it anymore. Yeah. No. A few years ago, um, it was a government cut, I guess, or mm-hmm. didn't work out, but, um, when I took it, there was about 20 students a year that went through it. Um, spent three years there doing that. While I was doing that, I applied for a, um, an internship at Grey Wolf Golf Course in uh, Panorama, BC. Very nice. Yeah. Uh, it's a pretty, ni- pretty <laughs> nice place. Um, I spent four summers there. I uh, had a great time. Got to know a lot of people. The superintendent that was there at that time, Tom Altman, uh, became very good friends with. He moved to central Idaho to a construction project there in 2004. Uh, it was a Robert Trent Jones II design yeah, just wow. north of Boise. Um, took me three attempts to get a visa and get across the border. Uh, <laughs> Let's get into that process. <laughs> yeah, that right. Uh, what I learned was when you hire an immigration lawyer and they do the paperwork, it gets a lot easier. Oh, that's good. <laughs> when you try to do it yourself, they send you back. And when you try the second time yourself, they threaten you with not being allowed into the States for quite a few years. Um, but I did get across and I spent five years there. It was a, a golf and ski resort, massive build out in the, the early 2000s. Um, beautiful golf course. It was a, a, a best new golf course in the U.S. according to Golf Digest in 2006. Um, was on the Golf Digest list of top 100 in the U.S. by the time I left. Wow. Um, and then I watched it get shuttered. Uh, the 2008 financial crisis happened. Oh, no. Uh, it was one of those, really. It was one of those, yeah. Oh, my gosh. Uh, Credit Suisse uh, came in, appointed in, uh, a uh, like a bankruptcy manager. Um, the word eludes me, but that's all right. And uh, we went through that, and that resort uh, closed temporarily in the spring of 2009. And a week earlier, I had applied for a job at Southwood because I thought, oh, maybe it was time to look at some options to get closer to home. Mm, yeah. All of a sudden, getting a job at Southwood was a lot more important. Right. Um, <laughs> And it worked out, and within 10 days, I'd, I'd moved here, and that was March of 2009, and figured, oh, I spent a few years here as a part of a construction project, and uh, they haven't got rid of me yet. So so you were part of the build then here for the, the new Southwood, or the Southwood that we yes, know sir. now. Yep. Okay. Um, so when I started here, I was working for uh, Ray Savard. Uh, Ray retired in 2012. I took over as a superintendent then, um, and so we were here for, for three years of construction, working with a construction company, uh, you know, just kind of overseeing things. And as basically as seed hits the ground in a project, so we'd manage and, and oversee any of the construction. And then as seed hits the ground, the construction contractor turns it over to the club to maintain. And we begin watering and growing it in and fixing and building. And yeah, know, some, and in some ways that slowed down and in other ways it hasn't. We were out putting drainage in the ground today and trying to get some water to run around some of the cart path areas better and cool. Always something to do. I wanted to know, uh, was the old Southwood open while they were building the new Southwood? Yes. Yeah. And Mm -hmm. so 
we they started moving Earth here in the fall of 2008. I started in 2009. Part of the deal was, and so the U of M bought that land, mm-hmm. and the old Southwood remained open until the day we moved here, basically. And even though we got delayed by weather, we had a year much like this one, uh, you know, where we had some torrential rains right. and, and things really got slowed down in 2010. It took us a lot longer to finish than the original timeline. We opened here in July of 2011, and I think we were closed maybe two days as we packed everything up from the old place and moved over. No way. Mm. Yeah. Wild. Yeah. <laughs> and that was the first. Were you just private- driving tractors down Pemina Highway there? Is that what was going on? <laughs> yeah, that happened. King's Drive mainly. Okay. Um, we would drive mowers back and forth, no front way. deck mowers, skid steer, maybe lots of equipment just Drop drop the uh, blades down on a boulevard yeah. here and there, and pick up twenty bucks and do a few lawns <laughs> yeah. on the way. Yeah, um, yeah, absolutely. We drove a lot of equipment back and forth, and um, you know, and so uh, Rick Panu, who's been here at Southwood uh, for thirty five years, um, you know, longtime assistant superintendent, he spent a lot of time at the old golf course, making sure that it was up and people had somewhere to play, and then then we kind of wow. moved down here and and made it all happen and. And growing into what we have here. So I think the cool part about being here at the turf center, the turf care center is finding out how much you love grass, uh, which I guess is a a good trait to have. Probably the number (laughs) one trait if you were looking to have a superintendent at a golf course is hopefully this person likes grass and you seem to know a, a lot about it. So kind of maybe walk us through what you showed us just at the beginning there when it comes, is that the fertilizer that we were looking liquid fertilizer? Okay. Yeah. So, um, our whole, the whole property, just about 200 acres of maintained turf by the time you factor in driving range rough and, and all the other playable areas is all in the last two years we've switched to, to liquid fertilizers. And what we can do with that is we're in control much more. When we put a granular product down, we want it to last for a longer duration of time, you know, 16 or 20 weeks, sometimes a whole summer. Mm-hmm. And you're at much more risk for flushes of growth and things like that. Right. So with liquids, we can go out there every 28 to 35 days on our rough and all the way down to every seven to 10 days on greens. And, and we're really in control. We can go out there and really, whether it's your home lawn or our golf course putting green, it wants about a 10th of a pound of nitrogen a week to stay green and growing Mm -hmm. and that. So we could put down a pound and then hope it lasts 10 weeks, or we can go out there every week and put a 10th down. When we put a 10th down every week, we're in more control. If we get a rain event, we can move around it. We're not worried about leaching a little bit more environmentally friendly, spray it on the plant, plant absorbs it Mm. and away we go. So, um, yeah, it, it, and, you know, it allows us to be in control, like I'm saying. And interesting thing about grass, uh, at least the kind of grass we're talking about here today, the, the less amount that we grow, the better. One of the, the only crops in the world that I know of, that production's not the goal, right? The farm field next to us, he wants to grow lots and, and have lots of production. Our goal is green, smooth, consistent, and dense, but we don't really want it to grow vertically. The more it grows vertically, the more work we have to do maintaining all that equipment that I've, that I've shown you mm-hmm. and the more fuel and labor we have to spend mowing it. So, Well, and how, so we went through the, the numerous shops here. So were you actually involved in like the building of the center here itself, like the turf care center? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, um, so the maintenance shop we were in and, and that's, you know, 12 months of the year, we're working through that. We've got our storage shed. Uh, with mowers in it, and then we're sitting here in our in our lunchroom. This is actually the second, uh, the second version of our lunchroom. Mm. The uh, I don't know, I, I would call it a uh, turf center boardroom. 
Oh, yes, absolutely. <laughs> this is the old boardroom table, actually. <laughs> Freebies. Um, Based to no people. Yeah, yeah, don't tell anybody that it's just a fancy Atco trailer. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, so absolutely. I mean, when I was here, and there's committees involved with everything, right? Whether it was the building of the clubhouse, uh, the golf course itself, or there was a committee for this area. But that's because it's all, it's like the course is member-owned? Uh, Correct. Okay. Yes, yeah. So Southwood is... Uh, once you're a, a full shareholder member, mm-hmm. you um, have a share. You're you're as much of an owner as anybody right. else. So yeah. makes sense that they would want to overlook everything. Hundred yeah. <laughs> percent. Yeah. Um, however, now you know when, when things are good. I like to think that you know we get a lot of leeway if we if we look right. after the place. There's a lot less questions, and, and the golf yeah. course has been pretty good for for quite a few years. So yeah. Well, even seeing you know the amount of. Uh, fescue that's growing. I'm sure that's always a topic of, of conversation uh, around here. I don't know if there's a fescue committee or if there's a <laughs> greens committee or how, uh, how that all works, but uh, wow. it always seems to be a topic of conversation. Would you say that it maybe outweighs the greens? So, you know I mean? So I've got I have seven priorities on the golf course. I've already told you that greens are our number one priority. Mm-hmm. Fairways are number two, followed by tees, rough bunkers, cart paths, Fescue. Ducks. Ducks. Ducks <laughs> supersede all of that. <laughs> yeah. um, f- but fescue is by far the most talked about thing, right? And and it's either last year we had a drought and it didn't grow. Right. Um, and so it was dead and it was too easy. And this year it's rained a lot and, and it's thick. You know, <laughs> yeah. I, 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 there's no better way to put it. It's thick. It's hard to swing a golf club through. Mm-hmm. Um, we do our best to, you know, maintain some semblance of, of a playable grass, but it's, it's a hundred acres, you know, it's another 30% of the, it's 30% of the whole property here at Southwood. And, um, you know, it doesn't, it just, it's a, it's a big area. Let's say that. I don't know how much, how better to say it, but, um, we do some fertilizing in it. We do some weed control and then just really try to try our best to keep it playable, but there's always something that's too thick, too thin interesting part about a, an open property like this so and i try to point it out to people nicely is you go you know you just pull the ball 40 yards left on on any given hole and you're out in the fescue looking for it and you find it and then you go but i don't have a shot on it right well there's not another golf course in town and most in the country that you would right. you know unless you're hitting it off the next fairway over right. it's right. gone it's in the bush <laughs> it's in the water it's gone mm-hmm. yeah here you can find it sometimes but yeah, yeah. It's pretty tricky to play out of. That's mm-hmm. certain. Well, what was? Didn't you get a tip to play out of it? Colwyn yeah. certainly gave me a, a tip. Um, he said, "Pick it up and move it to the fairway." No, there was a light. There was a shorter amount of fescue uh, on the first hole over one of the bunkers, so I wasn't in the deep fescue, and so it was kind of a downhill shot. And I, you know, kind of, he said, "Put the weight on the front." foot and and certainly use a, a high lofted club mm. anything you know lower than a or higher than a you're not taking your hybrid out of there exactly right <laughs> yeah. so um i learned that quickly but uh, uh yeah it, it worked it worked mm-hmm. but yeah if you're in the thick stuff you're not really getting out of it oh, um take a take your shot get it back in play and keep moving down the fairway how did you how did you grow the fescue that's obviously something you just seed it in those areas? Yeah. So that fescue is actually grown in like, uh, subsoil. Okay. So all the topsoil was stripped off the property and stockpiled. Mm-hmm. 
as we shaped it, it was replaced on T's fairways and rough. And then the fescue is like what's dug out of the ponds. So it not really a very good growing medium, uh-huh. but we finished it just like you finish a fairway or a rough and, uh, and then seed it, fertilize it. And it just, it took longer to establish in the first few years because it's not irrigated. Whereas most of the other areas were irrigated and, and we're in a little more control. Right. And then in winter, they just kind of go dormant or they, they die or. Yeah. So in a year when it's thick, we'll mow it down sometimes. Oh yeah. Or we'll just let it break over and, and grow back through. But Interesting. Yeah. Um, so we've done various things. We've mowed it. We've used hay rakes to roll it up and basically bale it up to get it out of there. There's years where we've left it. Now we try to leave it more now just so it'll hold snow and it, it actually will fill with snow and then it helps hold some snow on the fairways and rough. And, you know, when it comes to winter, we snow is our best friend. It's an insulator. Right. We want to see snow on this whole property through the winter. So anything we can do to hold more is better and leaving the fescue up definitely helps with that. We take a quick break to hear from Bryce Matlashewski, who is an investment advisor with Endeavor Wealth Management, part of IA Private Wealth, and a member of the Canadian Investor Protection Fund. Well, Bryce, it's uh, it's great to uh, to have you on and to have a quick chat. My first question is, uh, what can an investment advisor like yourself from Endeavor Wealth uh, do for me, and how can that differ from my my current experience of trading with Wealthsimple, uh, just based on my the recent Twitter feeds. <laughs> yeah, thanks so much for having me on, you guys. Yeah, d- discount brokers like Wellsimple uh, certainly have their place, uh, but at, at the end of the day, you get what you you pay for. Uh, those platforms are very limited in what they offer, and they're more ideal for just basic trading. So if that's what you're looking to do, and it, it's really not a bad platform for that. But what we do at Endeavor, uh, we take a more holistic approach. Uh, we examine an individual's needs, uh, both short-term and long-term, and we go way beyond just investments. We look for tax opportunities, ensuring the decisions you are making today uh, minimize your overall tax that you might be paying. Uh, we also help our clients address estate and insurance needs. So really anything we can do to uh, assist in your overall wealth management approach. And going back to some of those discount brokers and, and, and things that you see on the internet, uh, a lot of times people don't realize the amount of intrinsic risk that they're taking on with with making some of those trades and so finding balance is is another key thing that we do for our clients at at endeavor that was bryce matlashewski who is an investment advisor with endeavor wealth management part of ia private wealth and a member of the canadian investor protection fund you can contact bryce at 204-515-3446 and i noticed when we were walking well i noticed you told us about it uh of how you with your equipment anyways, you tried to get the biggest one available to try and get everything one done in, in less amount of time. And even I was commenting, Mike, when I got here, like when you come out here, it seems like there's a million people that are working on the course, but it's not the case. It's just, you have the machinery and I guess the experience to get it done and get it done at a quick pace. So how long does it take to say, turn a golf course? Uh, it's a good question. So depending on, you know, varying areas, we'll go out and we'll cover greens in three, three and a half hours with a greens mower, uh, pin guy and a roller following, um, tees and fairways is about a six hour job. Quite often we'll split it into two days. So we kind of mow nine holes on Monday and nine holes on Tuesday. 
I'd tell you the routing, but I don't even know it. Like we don't do front nine, back nine, <laughs> so you don't really see it. It's a, a jumping of holes. And then fairway mower does the same thing. He'll mow the corresponding holes to that tees and aprons mower. And, and yeah, for sure. We definitely have put a lot of emphasis um, and probably through COVID here, it's been helpful because we were able to do it with less staff. Um, but also we were able, you know, we were, we were building for COVID for a lot of years in just terms of productivity and efficiency. Mm-hmm. Uh, I pointed out to our fairway mower, one of the, one of the coolest things we've done, you know, for a lot of years we ran three fairway mowers and it would take, you know, three guys about five hours to mow. So 15 man hours. And, um, four years ago we bought a, a Trimble, uh, AccuSteer package from, from Mazer group and, and really designed to go on a tractor or a sprayer or a piece of farm equipment. And we put it on that fairway mower and we mapped our fairways like a field. So now when the fairway mower pulls on, it loads up that field, if you will. Um, it drives the cleanup lap accurate to within three inches at the subscription level we're at. I say, if it's three inches accurate, it's out in the same spot all the time. Cause that mower <laughs> is, it's the, it's the most crisp fairway to rough line that, that I've ever been able to do. And then all the infill is, is patterned as well. So that one mower with that piece of technology on it was able to replace three mowers and we do it in about eight man hours, what it took us 15 man hours before. So, wow. Yeah. But even at a, at the beginning of like, why would you, like, why would you want to be getting up at, you know, these crazy hours and doing some crazy things just to come out here? Is it, is it the grass? Is it the ducks? We'll get in the ducks maybe a little bit later, but <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, it's a great question. I, I don't know. Uh, we were laughing about this earlier today because we figured the question would come up. I've never considered myself a morning person. Mm. Um, <laughs> but once you're up and out of bed, it, it's always enjoyable. And through the summer, we start at 5 a.m., uh, for the Manitoba Open that we'll get into in a bit, I'm sure uh, we were here for 10 days in a row at 4 a.m. Uh, it's early, but uh, it, once you're here, uh, you know, mornings are always nice. You get to go home, have a nap, and, mm-hmm. and you know, you're the first person ready to go do something after work because you're waiting on your friends at work till 5 or 6 o'clock. So. Yeah, I guess there could be worse things to be doing, though. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> when you come out, you get to see this, even like tonight. Yeah. So tranquil. Yeah. And yeah, we're looking Beautiful. at the ducks because it's right beside the uh, the seventh green here where the, the turf care center is along the seventh hole. And we're like, wow, it was a beautiful night. We should have brought our sticks. Should have. Should mm-hmm. have. However, I still can't swing. because. Oh, right. Yeah. yeah. A, Mike is injured. An AC joint uh, sprain. But we, we don't got to get into that. <laughs> if you want to hear all about it, you can uh, check out the last episode, last episode. that we had uh, with Chris Enos from Breezy Bend. So check that out. Mike talks about his yeah. shoulder injury. He's the pro and physiotherapist at Breezy Bend. <laughs> <laughs> Are you able to cast? During the during the Open, we had three of the young men playing in the golf tournament out here. No way. Fishing on the seventh. Oh, really? Yeah. I was going to ask, is there fish in the ponds? Mm-hmm. What type of we, fish and did um, you stock them? We stocked them with trout once. <laughs> uh, so I imagine there's a couple of big, big trout out there now, but actually, and it only took about a year from the, like I said earlier, 2010, there was a lot of flooding mm-hmm. and oh. we're right next to LaSalle river water backs up in the ditch. Yeah. And there was fish in there within a year of the ponds being built. There was right. yeah, mm. like cats there's pickerel. Cats. We've seen catfish. I have not seen a pickerel come out of there, but lots of jackfish, lots yeah. of catfish. Um, you know, that's awesome. Pelicans come in here and fish on the ponds, just like hmm. 
like nobody's <laughs> business. There's times there'll be 20 of them out there just working their way along. And So did any of the pros catch any fish? Yeah, those guys, we watched them pull a couple of 24-inch no jackfish out. And, oh, my gosh. Yeah. That's sure, they so were elated. Cool. Yeah, they said they fish pretty much every golf course they, they go to each, yeah. as they go around on the tour. Well, we've seen yeah. Cam Smith doing that right. a few times. Yeah. But uh, I wouldn't even think that they would bring their rods here. Or they just yeah. have them in their their cl- in their bag. I'm guessing would that be counted as an extra club if they're <laughs> counting? <laughs> I don't know. I think but you could have it in your bag. You just can't yeah. use it if it's like a swing aid or something. I believe True, that that yeah. might be the rule. Maybe we'll have to look into that. Or fact checkers can look into mm-hmm. that. But we talked. Yeah. We touched on the ducks. Yeah. So what's the story behind the ducks? Yeah. So we we have had uh, our our pet ducks out here for I don't know six or seven years now. Um, as a child, I, in my grade one class, somebody brought two ducks for show and tell. I went home and told my mom that I wanted pet ducks. And before my dad could get home from work and say, no, we went to the hatchery and bought two. And, uh, I, I grew up in Swan river and the river was right in our backyard and, and had ducks the whole time I was in grade school and, and got here and kind of saw the pond and the opportunity. And, um, we put them out there and for a while we, we used them as a, as a goose deterrent and, and, oh. and, you know, when there's enough of them out there, the geese seem to stay away a little bit, but you, you end up getting a few geese. So now mm-hmm. they're friendly with 20 or 30 of them, but. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and in the winter, they just stay in the, in the shed. Yep. Absolutely. You know? yeah, so you built a little, I'm guessing you built that, uh, a duck house ho- for them. Duck hotel. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. There's a, they've got their pen and then they've got the, the heated box there, but nice. you know, I mean, we all go out and buy goose down jackets, so. <laughs> I mean, a, a duck or a goose is pretty well insulated for the winter and um, they hang out there. They lay a few eggs in the spring and we can fry a few of those up from time to time. And then we've had uh, some sex, uh, successful hatches. We've hatched oh. out some ducklings some years and wow. yeah, just kind of a, a neat project that they kind of see the staff and the members bond around for sure. Well, you even mentioned uh, before we came on here that it's almost a bigger topic of conversation than anything that's actually going on on the golf course when it comes sure. to whether the, the greens or the stint meter or whatever it might be, yeah. the fescue. It's how are the ducks doing? Yeah, well, you know, that, that whole squirrel mentality, right? <laughs> I just, if we can talk about the ducks some days, we don't worry about what the greens are like in the winter or, or what they're running or anything, right? There's a lot of people, a lot of me- our members, you see come out with a pocket full of breadcrumbs and they stop and, and give the ducks a little treat on their way by and, mm-hmm. uh, you know, just what, a, an enjoyable add in to a, to a club. I think. What kind of ducks are they? Uh, is that a silly question. <laughs> no, not <laughs> at all. Okay. Uh, there's three different breeds out there and then some, some cross breeds in between. So the white ones mm-hmm. are like the classic, like your Peking duck, yeah, uh, mm-hmm. a Chinese American breed. Uh, and then there's a French breed of ducks that look like a mallard, but they're a lot bigger. There's ruined ducks. Um, they are a lot bigger. Yes. Like twice the size. <laughs> yeah. And then there's a, a, a blue Swede duck out there, which is kind of has the grayish feathers in it. Okay. Mm. And then there's some black and white ones that are crosses in between and various other things. So oh, yeah. they all get along. They all, they all get along. Yeah. For the most part, <laughs> quite often I tell people, uh, you know, well, is this, this shows PG 13. Hey, people see those ducks out there and they go, look, they're fighting. No, they're not. There. <laughs> yeah. Then we have the birds and the bees talk. They're not fighting. <laughs> they're having sex. Explain that to me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. How does that work? <laughs> no, but, and then, so they don't escape. They don't escape. No, they can't fly. They can't fly. And, and they like to be fed, right? So right. they stay where we feed them. We feed them 
every day or every other day, depending sometimes in the summertime, if they're eating enough out of the ponds, it will be every other day, but cool. they let us know when they're hungry. They walk up to the fence and start quacking. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, well, uh, yeah, well domesticated. Look yeah. at that. Um, in addition to the ducks, we have a, a full hive yard of bees out on the golf course right. as well. Oh. Yeah. yeah. And you can get some honey here. Yeah. As well. It's made from the bees. So who, who, who's a beekeeper? Uh, Phil Veldhouse. Okay. Phil's honey. So he's at St. Norbert's Farm Market. Um, and I actually went to see him there about three years ago and I asked if he'd be interested in putting bees on a golf course. And he looked at me like I was a little bit crazy, I think at first. <laughs> and then he said, well, where? And I, so I explained to him where we are here next to the monastery. And, oh, yeah. um, and then he, it, it warmed, 16? uh, just right on the right hand side of 10. Oh. Yeah. Kind of in 10 and 11, like just along okay. the trees there. And, um, he actually used to have bees on this property before it was a golf course oh. uh, after the monks left. So the monks had their apiary here, they had bees right. and then his family had bees here. Mm. And it, so now there's, yeah, there's about 48 hives out there each summer and they get stacked up seven or eight supers high full of honey. And cool. there's the 80 acres of trees that, that future third nine, if you will, has got lots of thistle and clover in it. And, and then obviously there's canola fields always close at hand. So they make a, a pretty good tasting honey. Yeah. And even commenting on just all the stuff that's going on here and the massive acres. So how many acres is this course? Uh, the whole property is 297 acres. Yeah. Okay. And you, so how much staff do you have? Are you in charge of hiring staff? Um, like what, what's in the day to day for you sort of thing sure. when it comes to, yeah. to staffing and man hours? Great question. So there's, uh, in this department here in the turf care department, there's three or four of us that work year round. I say three or four. We had four for the last few years, uh, three of us right now. And, and, uh, so in the winter months we're, planning for summer, you know, just much like a farmer is planning what crop he's going to seed. Mm -hmm. We're planning all those fertilizer applications that we've talked about, all of our cultural plans, uh, mowing schedules. We try to keep everything as scheduled as possible. You know, on Mondays, we know what we're doing. And um, so we're working on that. And then in about March, usually we start kind of ramping up, bringing a few people in to start getting ready for spring. And then by the time May hits, we were about 15 people. And by the time school's out, uh, this summer we had 22 on staff. Oh, wow. So, wow. Yeah, so pretty pretty good chunk of people to to look after. And I was thinking, I think this is pretty similar for, for most uh turf care departments looking after a golf course, always a wide range of people and a wide range of ages, you know, so it's pretty fun to walk in here for a five o'clock start and, you know, and there's 14, 15 year old, uh, kids working their first job. And then there's retirees that are, you know, working part-time on a mower as their second job and playing some golf. And, and you kind of watch, you know, five or six decades of people mixed together and, mm. And it's just kind of a unique melting pot yeah. of, of, of people. Sounds like a, a good opportunity for a reality TV show. <laughs> it does, especially with the ducks and the bees. And <laughs> uh, I, I, and we've got Andrew Steep into it now, and uh, Jeff Scott, our, our chief operating officer, quite enjoy watching uh, Below Deck. Yes. Oh. And I think that <laughs> golf in general could be as good as Below Deck. I, I am a yachty myself. Yeah. Yeah, I, I watch Below Deck. It's very entertaining. I prefer the uh, sailing yacht uh, series opposed to the motor yachts. But Yes. <laughs> do you, and, do you and Ross, or our old buddy, or Captain Ross Johnson, do they watch it together? Uh, not together, oh, okay. but we certainly... You have a group will, chat? We, we got a, a group chat, a Below Deck group chat. <laughs> You betcha. <laughs> it would be, you know, that's maybe that'll be another iteration of 18 over par is 
Well, a production uh, company that just uses reality shows around golf courses. Oh, I thought you were going to say a sailing podcast. Oh, yeah, no. (laughs) That's Ross. Captain Ross, he can... He can do that. <laughs> Sounds good. We can call it a uh, spinnaker. I don't know. We're not going to brainstorm Anyways. ideas. For All right. Back to the uh, golf course here. Some great management lessons in Below Deck, though. I highly recommend everybody, if you manage people, watch it because there's a lot to be learned. So how much are like are you spending on the golf course there? Like, are you are you riding on the mowers? Or are you doing stuff where you're just kind of overseeing and making sure that everything's done to, you know, your standard? Yeah, I think it would depend if you ask me or, or the guys that work here. <laughs> um, this time of year, I'll spend a little bit of time on a mower, mm-hmm. um, but, but typically not. Um, I always think I like operating equipment, but once you get onto it, I get too easily distracted because you see something else and you see this and you mm-hmm. see that. Takes me about twice as long to get anything done as as an operator, it seems. So, um, you know, we're, we're pretty rigid. We've got a, a gentleman who's a retired uh, baker. Loved getting up mm. early in the morning. He's our fairway mower operator, and he comes in and does that. Uh, we got a guy who works for the University of Manitoba in the, the uh, gym who works in the gyms. Uh, I'm trying to remember the name of the place. Doesn't matter. Um, <laughs> he comes in and cuts tees and aprons and then we've got a rough mower operator and we really have other than if they want some time off, we have some pretty rigid jobs. And then we've got a group of guys that come in kind of to look after greens. So they're, whether they're changing pins, rolling greens or mowing greens, and then kind of the, the entry level jobs with younger guys where we get them the job experience is in the bunkers. And we'll have between four and six people a day going out in bunkers, whether they're using the hover mowers, we've got basically your home lawn mower without wheels and a little fan underneath it, uh, hovers to mow all those weird contours. Mm. Um, we're running those, blowing clippings out, picking weeds, pushing sand. And just when you think you're done, you go back and do it again. So, <laughs> <laughs> But wow. it still must feel new every day. Oh, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, you know what? Um, it, it totally is new every day. To me, the day that it feels stale, it's time to go somewhere else or mm. change what I do. And, you know, we've there's always something to work on. When we opened and, and had a, a wonderful golf course, there was 636 irrigation heads out here. And now we're just about at a thousand irrigation wow. heads and, and we're not done. You know, when the opportunity is right, when you guys first pulled in, you see those two big spools of pipe. Yes. Yeah. And there's 10,000 feet of pipe there to be pulled in the ground over the next couple of years. We were all putting more drainage in the ground today. You know, there's, there's always something that we can do to make the place better. And, and in the early years, you know, we, we played down the middle of the hole. So we were working on tees, we we're working on fairways, we we're working on greens they're pretty good right now. So we work farther out to the edges. We work on the fescue. We work on the cart paths. We work on drainage in those areas. Yeah. Well, even noticing, and I guess speaking of the drainage, we might as well, uh, might as well mention the Manitoba open. You are wearing a great, so what, what would that be? Would that be a light sweater? It's a crew neck sweater. Crew neck sweater. Okay. I'm sure it's Mike's uh, the fashion a guy. level wear. Is it level wear? It is. Yes. So it's okay. So it's decent. So the Manitoba open comes through. It's a, a Southwood event now and it's, you know, on the calendar, I guess every year. I know I saw a survey come out of whether or not the members want it to uh, occur again for the next two years. I'm sure, I'm sure it'll be given the thumbs up. Uh, but there was a lot of rain this past year on the, on the Thursday. Was it the Thursday? Yeah, it was the first yeah, day, right? Because I got first a lot day. of water in my basement that night. Oh, right. yeah, pretty sure that was the same time. <laughs> well, we could have stopped and pumped that out for you too. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but uh, on that front, uh, what goes into it from yourselves? Like you guys are preparing with the tour for them coming in to work with them on pin placements. 
And do you hire any more staff during that time, or is it pretty much I'm working 24 hours a day? Uh, quite a few. We'll, we'll start with the last question. Yes. Quite a few of us worked what felt like 24 hours a day, especially Thursday, Friday. Were you sleeping in here? I had my camper here for okay. afternoon naps. My, <laughs> no way. My wife said I have to go home. So, <laughs> um, so we're here a lot. Um, we bring a few extra staff in. Um, uh, Ray Savard, the retired superintendent, uh, he comes in every year for that one and oh, helps great. us out. Mm-hmm. Um, reluctantly, I, f- I phone home and I make my dad come down and help. Um, <laughs> although I think he had a good time this year. Uh, his grandson, my nephew, uh, came and they, they were cable dragging rough. So we kind of pick up three guys there. And then the rest of our staff that we would normally schedule kind of two days off in a rotation, everybody works every day for seven or eight days in a row there. So there's 22 of us here uh, plus three, I guess we were 25 people for, mm-hmm. for eight days in a row. Um, kind of in, in, with regards to the tour, uh, first couple of years we did it. This was the third year. The first couple of years, there was kind of a lead up about six months out mm-hmm. and really spent quite a bit of time on the phone, kind of talking with their agronomists and what they're expecting. After a while, we build that comfort level, or I like to think we've built a comfort level where, you know, they kind of let us be. They show up, there's a lead official shows up seven days before the event, he starts kind of like painting the golf course, setting things up, you know, a few little meetings. Um, and then really by, by Sunday, everything's set up, all the bleachers are up, everything's painted for, for all the rulings and markings, mm. golf course is ready to go. And at that point this year, we were kind of like in our dry down cycle where, you know, we've, we've put some water down, but we really want to start firming things up. Mm. Um, we had done that loved where we had the golf course on Wednesday for the pro-am the greens were you know they were rolling great but they had firmed up we had them you know 12 12 and a half on a on a stimp meter wow. um really happy with where things were uh went home had a nice sleep and that should be the end of the push in mm-hmm. this department mm. and then the next four days are just like four hours of like go out there do your job go home come back watch some golf we showed up here at 4 a.m. and that thunderstorm started at about 4.05. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Was it forecasted? Did you know that that was coming? Mm. They had called for some thunderstorms, but like, yeah, you, know, you kind of like roll the dice and go, oh, <laughs> sure, yeah. we'll miss it. Yeah. Uh, and in about an hour, we had a, uh, an inch and three quarters of rain. We, we sat right here and, and drank coffee and watched it rain and then went out, started. We had another three quarter inch downpour. And at that point, we'd had two and a half inches of rain. It was 7.30 in the morning. Jeez. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> so what were you going out there doing? I guess you were running pumps. Like everyone was kind of uh, just get the golf course into playable shape. Were you ever thinking we're going to get to golf on the Thursday? Or were you like, ah, it's probably going to be Friday? Yeah. No, like, I never gave up on the hope of getting a going Thursday. Yeah. And I walked into the clubhouse at one point and some some volunteers were like, well, it's never going to happen. Isn't it? I looked at them and went, well, then I'll pack up and go home because yeah. this water will just let it drain. You know, our goal all day until we pulled the plug at four o'clock on Thursday was to play golf that day. Mm. Um, you know, so after that rain, we, we kind of, you know, you take your minute, you panic and then went, okay, what are we going to do? Made some phone calls and we, we got a couple extra sand pros here to push sand, got some extra pumps and the crew stepped up huge. Like there was guys here 16 hours then running oh, wow. pumps till eight o'clock at night. And a couple of guys who used to work here came and volunteered to help. Um, and, and, you know, the drainage system worked well, but it just, that's an overwhelming amount of rain. Yeah. <laughs> and, and I likened it to, 
you know, when you get a big, big rain and they tell you not to drive under the underpass because there's a big lake of water there. Mm-hmm. That's what we had. Yeah. yeah. Well, Mike can attest to it with uh, his right. basement. Yeah. The water was coming in overland through the windows. Um, but so you're, so you're running pumps. Um, and then what are you, what else are you doing? Like, what are the greens? What's happening on the greens in that situation? Or it just drains yeah. out. So, we're, and that's where that sand-based green, we're very lucky, uh-huh. was of really no concern. You know, that, that big rain happens. It goes in, it runs off. Right. Those greens, like when we tested the sand at construction, they could handle 40 inches of water an hour. So you've put a a 40 inch vertical column of water on top of that root zone. Yeah. It'll run through there in an hour. And there's irrigation under the green. Is that around it? Around it. Around it. Yeah. Underground, obviously. But all the drainage is, this is a herringbone of drainage under the green. Uh Uh-huh. So there's every 15 feet, there's a drain line in that sand. So the water goes through, hits the drain line, comes out. Oh, Mm. that's cool. Like almost like a weeping tile. We, at, at, absolutely, yeah. That's what it is. We like to make it sound fancier than that, but it is definitely a four-inch weeping tile. Yeah. Perfect. Um, it seems to get the job done. Yeah. Yeah. And so bunkers are all the same. However, they're, they were overwhelmed. Mm-hmm. So we were pumping out of bunkers, and then we were pumping out of just some of the catch basins on fairways. Mm-hmm. It just couldn't get the water moving fast enough. Pumping it either directly to a pond or out to a ditch. Right. And, and you know, I mean, drainage here has is, is absolutely been a, a priority and we've worked on it since day one. You know, we'll, we'll talk about the winter park here in a little bit too, but that winter park in the summertime is actually a, a retention area for us to hold some water off the golf course. So it's a bit of a mm. stopping point. Oh, yeah. So that had about five feet of water in it. Wow. after that big rain that then drained through in the next 24 hours, but it helps it from overwhelming the ponds. And as the ponds come up in level, they're all the outlets for everything else in the fairways. So if mm. a pond gets too high, everything else drains slower. So we we'll try to keep the ponds down, right. keep them moving. Wow. Um, Jeez. We've got some perimeter <laughs> ditches where we try to intercept water from the farm fields. And mm. it's a, it's a, a moving target of water. And then every time we think we get it figured out, we get some sort of other rain event, but this year has been a great test of drainage. <laughs> you said uh, sand pushers. What are sand pushers? Yeah, so the, our sand pros, like the machines we use to rake the bunkers, they've got a blade on the front. Okay, yeah. And so we had four of those, and guys just drove continually, and as the water disappeared, they just, uh, because all those vertical faces of sand, when you get rain that quick, they just, they drop. wash down, mm, and right. all the sand's in the bottom, so we had to oh, get it man. back up there. And so all that's happening, and then kind of the the two uh, lead rules officials from the from the tour, come out and have a look and you know and really what what held us up from playing that day if if that would have been a normal southwood member playing day by nine o'clock we would have been open we right. might have mm. people walk when i go out there and play golf or you guys or anybody any other average golfer goes out there and play you hit one in the water you drop another one yeah you're good continue on and go mm-hmm. hey it rained lots today i'm glad to be here for those guys, they have to be virtually certain of where it lands. So if a guy hit a ball into the fescue and there was water there, if he's 100% sure it's in the in that casual water, he gets a free drop from it. Mm-hmm. If he lost it in the fescue, it's a lost golf ball. So if they can't be certain of that, they couldn't play. And the bunkers was the same. They A little bit of, ground, of, of casual water in the bunker, not a big deal, but they had to have relief not closer to the hole within the bunker. They can't get relief out of that. Right. So, so the rules of golf got in our way there and rules of golf usually get in my way. But, um, so those were kind of the two limiting factors on why we couldn't. Mm-hmm. They get in my way too. Yeah, right? they get, yeah. Life is better without rules. Um, so that was kind of what held us up from playing Thursday. And then 
by Friday morning, it was dry enough. They, they placed, they played uh lift clean in place mm-hmm. for Friday and Saturday. I uh, think just to be, you know, in my opinion, to be overly fair to the golfers and that mm-hmm. was okay. And then by Sunday we did that double round of, of 18 holes and it worked out and you know what? Um, there's always a silver lining to everything, right? Thursday was, was not a lot of fun. Friday, we were throwing gravel down in the parking lot, trying to make sure cars weren't mm, getting stuck. Right. Um, but then by Sunday, it was very neat. I was able to keep eight guys here, the staff. And in between round three and four, we cut the greens, changed the pins, and, uh, cool. you know, kind of a unique experience to, to do mm. 36 holes on Sunday like that. And it was a lot of fun, so... Yeah, well, it was in great. I had the opportunity to uh, walk it. I know you being so close. So on the eighth, which uh, is the seventeenth, so they flip it for the Manitoba when they flip the course, where the back nine is the front nine, the front nine's back nine. Just so you can put up the bleachers on Correct. what is yeah. nine. Um, and so on hole seventeen in the Manitoba Open, which is hole number eight, which is by us here on the Turf Center, the the par three. They have the bleachers and they have the beer. And it was a whole hell of a lot of fun. So do you guys get to partake in, in the fun as well? You'd hopefully get to let loose a little bit after a crazy week like that. There, there's the odd guy that walks out there and enjoys one, that's yeah. for sure. Yeah. Um, <laughs> good. <laughs> no, we, we had a good time. And, you know, it's important when you're doing something like that and it, it becomes all-encompassing, right? Like you're, you're here, you're doing it. We want the golf course to be as good as possible for, for this event. And, mm-hmm. and it's a unique challenge from, you know, from day-to-day everyday average golfers to really 156 players that you know a good chunk of them we're going to see on tv at some point they're they're Mm -hmm. that good when you come out here and watch them play um you know we set the golf course up differently and and absolutely we we celebrate that and and go out there and enjoy it as well so although you did mention (coughs) that you did keep the same pins for club championship or one day Mm. was it saturday pins of the manitoba open you kept for yeah so championship we keep anytime we do a, a big event like that, whether it's a Golf Canada or or these uh, PGA Tour events, we keep the pin sheets and we recycle them and um, use them from time to time. And, and you know, every now and again, we'll use one for Club Championship. Mm-hmm. And and this year we used it on the Saturday. And I had a Sunday one, and then I got a revised Sunday one. So we <laughs> we went a little more to the middle. Um, you know, they're they're big greens. They're they're seven thousand square feet, and and they don't look like they move a lot because they are so big. There's a lot of movement, and mm-hmm. and when the greens still really start rolling fast, and generally that's that's August, kind of as the soil tightens up and the season changes a little bit. Um, it's really easy to to have to putt three or four or five times, and nobody really likes doing that. So mm. we we do our best, and to it make slows sure things works. down too. I guess, oh. yeah. Golf pro Especially doesn't club championship. Yeah, golf pro doesn't like it too much when he's got to go out there and start making people hurry up, right? So, right. Nor do the golfers <laughs> like it. <laughs> well, I, so now being in September and it is thank a superintendent month, we have coined it a month, not just a day. Correct. What uh, what are you doing to prep it for winter? Now it's a great question. So, um, in all those liquid fertilizer apps that we're talking about, we'll increase our potassium. Uh, it's carbohydrate carbohydrate storage for the plant for winter. Mm. Um, so we, we change what we're doing a little bit there. You're just throwing down bananas? Uh, basically throwing down you. bananas. You betcha. <laughs> you bet. Um, Good old potassium sticks. Yeah. Mar- Mario Kart out there for <laughs> yes, those right. mowers. <laughs> yeah. yeah, behind the Toro is just dropping bananas on the greens. <laughs> Um, we start limiting our water a little bit and we just, we want to help that plant to harden off. It takes about 30 days for the plant to, to harden off and prepare itself for winter. Every plant naturally does that. 
we can do things to help it. Um, you know, so limiting water a little bit and, and just kind of changing up the fertility. Um, we'll do some aeration here. I like to aerate in early October One, it's better for the golfers and, you know, more time without having to putt over that. But also we like to have that surface open just in case we get a late season rain. You know, we want to work to prevent ice layers and anything like that from mm. occurring. And you mentioned earlier using the tine. Is that what you called it? Tine? Is that the, the yeah. narrow, more narrow needles, I suppose, rather than large uh, diameter punches? Yeah, punch in soil, yeah. Sure, yeah. yeah. Like talking about aeration is almost like swearing when you talk with golfers, right? <laughs> um, so there is times when we'll pull... Uh, a hollow core aeration plug. And that's, you know, that's what everybody envisions for aeration. Yeah. Um, <coughs> oh, I'm sorry, guys. That's all right. Um, Getting all choked up yeah, over grass. Right? Aeration's yeah, got yeah. me choked up. <laughs> um, but uh, anytime that we can, we like to use a solid tine. Makes a little bit smaller hole, but we're still, you know, alleviating some some compaction, working some sand down into there. Because we have a sand-based green, we're not, trying to modify that root zone so we're not pulling soil out and replacing it with sand we're really just cultivating it interesting and the greens are i mean i don't know if they're like this every year but they uh i guess with the rain it's kind of kind of help but on the drainage side yeah. you're kind of like eh, pulling your hair out but then you didn't really have to water yeah you know what like we have maybe run we've run more water in september than we did probably in the rest of the year mm. cumulative like it yeah. just everything was very timely um Last year, we spent all summer at extra pumps at the river, pumping extra water out, trying mm. to keep up. Yeah, right. Drought. Drought last year. I know that was an issue when yeah. we were chatting with some of the uh, the, uh, the supers last time. But uh. Yes. So, you know, we went from like a drought year mm-hmm. where, you know, we pumped a obscene amount of water and, and you know, within our, within our license, I will say that. Right. Mm-hmm. A lot of water. I was going to say, were there limitations put on you as far as what you can pump from the river? And then did you have to get it? You have to use city um, resources or, or whatever. So we were, there was a lot of golf courses that were limited last year and it just depends on which water body you're on. Mm. Um, we are close enough to the Red River that we're actually a backwater of the Red River on this part of the LaSalle. So Red River still had lots of water in it, so we we weren't limited in the amount of water okay. that we could use. And the uh, pH levels were between six and seven, which would be an ideal. <laughs> sure, uh, significantly higher. Uh. Significantly higher. <laughs> that's so. Uh, that's bad thing, obviously. Yeah, and then when we get a lot of rain, it mixes with the river water, and and you know we get a little bit cleaner, better water. Mm. Oh. Um, in a year like last year, it did create some challenges uh, just with irrigation and, and just some of the way the plants reacted, um, for sure, just because of water quality. Interesting. I had a couple a couple more questions mm-hmm. um, before we maybe jump into the back nine. I know, Mike, you may have a few more, but there is uh, one that um, I always thought was interesting because when you think of this, a link style course here and you having you know a plethora of experience working with, I'm sure, a bunch of different types of, of golf course, whether it's forest, you know, mountain, whatever it might be. Do you have a preference on which one uh, to take care of, or they all kind of have their own quirks and uh, their, their own great qualities to them? Yeah, they're all, they're all unique in their own way. I mean, I, I will say versus a parkland course, you know, we, we can go out and whip the golf course in about two hours. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, there's a lot of big bunkers, uh, three and a half acres of sand over 70 some bunkers. Mm-hmm. Wow. Eats up anything that we save in other areas, but 
trees are trees and grass don't mix well. Right. We're able to grow really good, consistent surfaces. Yeah, right, because they're not getting. I think Braden may have mentioned that, or yeah, you're yeah. not fighting the trees that that are getting all the water. That's right. So mm-hmm. you know, trees create shade issues. Trees create water use issues. So, you know, a, a lot of things that that other guys are working to eliminate trees and do. We're lucky because we started with a farm field that had no trees and, <laughs> um, you know, is rolling. And when you play golf here, you feel the wind and, and it gives you a unique experience too. It makes the golf course play different all the time. Um, you know, I think I've been here long enough that I'm very partial to, to this property. Okay. <laughs> Would you call it your baby? <laughs> um, no, I have two wonderful <laughs> yeah. children at home. Uh, yeah. <laughs> answer. <laughs> yeah. Good answer. Great answer. Yeah. I'll yeah. be enjoying that DQ cake soon. You bet. They will be. They will be. <laughs> Sticking on the course, uh, there is, you know, from the design, uh, there is plans for a, another nine to make this a 27 hole facility. Do you, and I'm not sure how much you can get into that, but um, where would that extra nine go? Would I guess would be my first question about the, the not the, the, the nine that doesn't exist. So the nine that doesn't exist would go from our current 10th hole. There's a large grass area there where the uh, bees are. Where the bees are. Okay. Oh, <laughs> save the bees. Yeah. <laughs> Plus uh, uh, the treat area. There's about 90 acres there. Right. Okay. Kind of in the middle of the property almost that mm-hmm. um, would be available for that. And, right. and you know, I'll give the, the, the committee and the, the people that envisioned this a lot of credit for, um, you know, thinking to that and, and having that land, right? I mean, the old Southwood, one of the challenges there was it was landlocked. It was 118 mm-hmm. acres. University Crescent's running through it, Markham Road's running through it. So you got holes split up on all different sides of the roads and a, and a small driving range and, and uh, you know, a lot of issues that couldn't be overcome because there just wasn't the land to do it. So they came here, they, they built a big golf course, they put a lot of room between the holes and bought some extra land at the same time to be able to develop more in the future. Mm-hmm. And especially with the practice facility, and it's, I think it's the biggest one in the province, I think for sure when it comes to sure. you know the chipping, chipping, pitching, putting, mm, yeah. and the driving range uh, itself, and now the top tracer range, which yeah. I'm having a, a blast with. Um, but uh, I guess that all falls under you. You got to make sure all that stuff's tickety boo when it comes to uh, the golfers on the course. Absolutely, yeah. So top tracer range was delayed a little bit this year just because the mm-hmm. uh, the soil that we'd hauled in the winter was was mud with soup. Oh, uh-huh. so it wasn't very good. <laughs> no, why? Well, because it was so wet. Yeah. Um, so that took us a while, but that T deck, now that it's done, is a great reference of like size, I think, from the the old golf course to the new one. The driving range at the old Southwood was two hundred and ten yards long. Oh yeah. Our our practice T is hundred and fifty yards wide. <laughs> so a little bit of difference. A little there. bit little bit of, of you know, perspective and size mm-hmm. and, and for sure, I mean that driving range is the short game area and the driving range area is, is 22 acres. So, Hmm. you know, again, if you think about a a lot of golf courses in the city are a hundred to a hundred and, you know, 40 acres somewhere in there, our driving range is, you know, 20% of that alone. There's enough maintained (laughs) grass there to put nine holes on really. Jeez. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. There's a tree nursery there right now. Is that correct? We've got some, yeah, they've, they've mainly out, I'll be honest, they've mainly outgrown our ability to move them. We need to get some more planted, but 
There's some trees there. Yeah. <laughs> there are some trees. There. <laughs> well, it's, a, it's amazing. That's a hybrid aspen that was planted through uh, the Trees for Tomorrow program at the time. It was a government program. Mm. Right. So in 10 years, I mean, there's some 50-foot trees out there. That right. Just are massive. Is that a good thing or a bad thing? It's like they, so they're not supposed to be there. Yeah. No, no. They they were all planted. Oh, like, okay. I was, yeah. Yeah, and yeah. All that land that we bought for those nine holes needed mm. something done with it, so... We planted trees, but at least they're far enough off, not affecting the grass. <laughs> Which at the end of the day, that's all that matters. That's, that's right. Don't affect the grass. Um, well, we touched on winter is mm-hmm. coming. Mm-hmm. And then we read about the Southwood Winter Park. Yeah. Tell us yeah. a little bit oh, about yeah, that. Oh, yeah, we saw the Zamboni. Yeah. Right? So not many golf well, courses have a Zamboni. A tractor bony. Yeah. Yeah. I guess we could call it a tractor bony. I, I think it's an actual Zamboni from it's the eighties. It's an actual Zamboni okay, from the eighties, but wow. tractor driven as yeah. as many of us will will recall. Yes. Uh, I don't know how many of them are still out there, but um yeah, so we, we over the course of COVID we've we've kind of developed what we call the winter park and some walking trails, some uh snow biking trails, Nordic skiing. Mm-hmm. Little cross country. Cross country action, get it going on here, which I mean, makes sense. And I think we even touched on it a a little bit where golf courses now or country clubs are trying to, you know, keep members here around, whether it's the simulators inside, but you have the space. If you have the staff, why not keep them around and, you know, get, get use of your membership 12 months of the year Mm, as opposed to six. Sell some hot chocolates. And sell some hot chocolates. A little bit of Bailey's. Your dues are are paying to heat that building. You might as well come use it, right? Right. Yeah. Mm. So, and then we've got a... A skating pond and a sliding hill as well that we've oh, wow. developed. So, yeah. mm. who gets fun. to drive the zamboni? Uh, we take turns. Depends okay. how hard the wind's blowing. <laughs> On the nice days, I like to. <laughs> there weren't many nice days last winter. No, there yeah. were not. No, so it was a great year to introduce our skating pond and then plow <laughs> snow off of it right. repeatedly all winter. And right, um, there was uh, in in all the years I've been here, it's been a that was the most challenging winter. There was times. Where it took us three hours just to plow the road to get to the clubhouse in the morning. Oh my goodness! Yeah. So you have to do that. I guess it, it would be on the property, right? So sure. yeah, the, the road is a little bit, yeah, longish once you actually get on the property line because the the monastery is still the provincial park's right next door. Mm-hmm. And yeah, so I guess the the gates would mark the the gates or the fences would mark the property line. I'm yeah. Assuming. Well, actually, so we plow that what, what most people would consider to be the city road in there. Mm-hmm. We plow that. Oh, you do that well. too. Okay. Mm. It's actually a a private drive shared between the golf course, the uh, Senior Bar Arts Center and the Oh, okay. Park. Right. Hmm. Interesting. Okay. Uh, Do you have some more there, Mike? I got so many questions, yeah. but yeah. we'll, we'll, uh, we'll get into the uh, CGSA fall field right. day. Yes. Cause we wanted to get into that. Mm-hmm. The Canadian golf superintendents association. And I think Sean major and uh, Braden Gilbert uh, had touched on this event last year and they were going uh, to Canmore Country Club. I see the picture over your shoulder there, Dustin. Uh, and, oh, yeah, uh, look at that. That's how I remember yeah. that I was at Canmore. But uh, so that sounded like a fun event. Can you tell us a little bit about that? And uh, you're, you, I guess I didn't mention that you are hosting it here at Southwood. Mm-hmm. So uh, extremely honored to, to be hosting what is the Canadian Golf Superintendent's uh, National um, Tournament of the Year. We... Uh, Last year with COVID, uh, we, the association, split it. So there was, the West was in Canmore and there was one in the East. So this is the first one in three years that's mm. kind of the whole country coming back together. And wow. Good uh, thing there's lots of beer. Yeah. So uh, we're going to start <laughs> Sunday night. Lots at, of beer here. <laughs> at, uh, 
Shaw Park downtown and and do kind of a welcoming oh, event there. And yeah, I read we'll about some baseballs that. and. So you guys get to hit baseballs, throw pitches, and then there's beer and food in the dugouts. And you betcha. Wow. Well, yeah. well deserved. Yeah. Maybe uh, Des Coop will be out there hitting home runs. I don't know if he's uh, <laughs> right. Yes. Uh, if he's attending or not, but great ball he might player. Be, yeah, great ball player. He, he built his own baseball diamond himself. But uh, so how many? How many? I guess attendees, whether it be superintendents or yep. industry folk, would be uh, attending this event. Uh, it'd be about a hundred, I think, is kind of where we're at right oh, now. That's pretty so, good. Um, about a quarter of that locally, and then then the rest will fly in from all over the country. And so then there's a, a seminar and a golf event on Monday, and then the eighteen hole tournament is on Tuesday. So cool. And, and you're going to be playing in that as well. You mentioned you golf maybe about six times a year. Mm. But you don't you don't really care about golf that much. You just kind of want to go out there and have some fun. Yeah, I like hosting, so I'm excited <laughs> to host. And on Tuesday, I'll drive around and, mm-hmm. and make sure everybody's having a good time. And um, Monday, I'll play in the nine hole event. Okay. Um, I think the perfect length of a golf course should be about 14 holes, but that's just a personal preference. I kind of yeah. check out those last four holes typically. And, <laughs> uh, um, so no, I I won't play on on Tuesday, and and partly just because we'll be here in the morning setting up, and just want to make sure everything's as good as it can be for an event like that, and um, make sure that I'm available for for anything operationally. Right? Are you going to be here uh, at four a.m. for ten ten days in a row? <laughs> no, sir. No, we'll, we will be here at six. Uh, we'll sleep in. Pretty yeah. pretty dark out these days, but <laughs> right. Um, so we we have lots of lights, but. It gets old. So like, like I said before, I'm not, not a morning person. So no, uh, 6 a.m. gives us lots of time to get the golf course set up. We'll do a member shotgun in the morning and, mm-hmm. okay, and then the golf good. tournament goes in the afternoon. Oh, so, fantastic. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah. So no, it should be a pretty neat event. It's one of, uh, I can honestly say there are not too many things that I get nervous about, but about a hundred of my peers coming to, to play the golf course. Uh, I'm a little nervous. That's for sure. So I'm sure, I'm sure everybody will have a good time, but, uh, Till it's all said and done, I'm be a little nervous. <laughs> Make sure you get them some shut eye mm-hmm. before that, <laughs> if you oh. can, because I'm sure the night before you'll be like, "Oh no, probably." What did I get myself into? You know what'll calm me the night before? A nice slice of my DQ cake. Right. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. <laughs> we can make that happen. Open. We certainly can. Yeah. Um, well, I do have a few more, but yeah. I think we can. We no, can if you get want, you can. It. Yeah. Uh, um, I was going to mend in some of these questions into the back nine. Oh, you were? Okay. If, uh, you know, sure. so most of our back nine is very golf focused and sure. And, uh, I don't, how many Still rounds uh, did you get into this year? I guess, you know, I think between Jeff and Andrew and myself, we put together a team in our men's league and I think I played four or five times there and, oh, that's and good. another three or four. I might be getting close to 10. Nice. Yeah. And they're all just here. Um, uh, mainly here. Yeah. 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 I can't think of it. I haven't really played anywhere else this year. Go back to Swan River and see what happens. Yeah, like anytime I'm home, I'll <laughs> go play nine with my dad or something. It's for sure enjoyable to do that as well mm-hmm. and, and see the old golf course for sure. So, I guess because that's where you started, right? You bet. Yeah, 13, 12, I can, 13. I can drive around and go, I planted that tree and I did that. <laughs> I remember when we put that pipe in and all those kind of things. So that's fun. And you got a handicap. I got the handicap here. I looked it up. But do, you oh. know, do you know what your handicap is? <laughs> 16.1? Uh, 16.8. But, oh, uh, round up for 17. Good. Getting worse. Good. <laughs> yeah. I think there's only one round recorded for 22. But, uh, <laughs> but uh, 
Yeah. Well, if you want to get into the uh, back nine, Jr., we all right. We can, and I'll, I might make it a back fourteen. Sure. Hey, we're all four. We'll, we'll go with the back nine at least for now. The back nine lightning round is for Bryce Malachowski, who is an investment advisor with Endeavor Wealth Management, part of IA Private Wealth, and a member of the Canadian Investor Protection Fund. You can contact Bryce two zero four five one five three four four six. We also have his information in our pod show notes so if you want to get an mm. email if you're too nervous to talk to him on the phone yeah. no he's a great guy to talk to great shoot him an email to talk to you if you got two hours <laughs> i'm just kidding <laughs> send him an email too if you're scared just shoot him a question yeah. say hey what about this and i'm sure he'd be uh, very happy to get back to you and chat and throw in a golf question too yeah st charles member loves golf loves family and loves investments he loves it all I love two of the two out of the three of those things. <laughs> Bryce handles the third one. <laughs> <laughs> I'm still trying to put the dots together in my head. You were, yeah, trying to figure out which one. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, Dustin, you got a you got a nickname? Maybe a Dusty or a Yeah, or a I Howie. Got, I got a few. Yeah. Uh, in college, they called me Doogie. Doogie. Uh, mm. In high school, they called me Hauser. Right. And now I get a, a lot of dusty, I think, mainly. Mm. Yeah. I don't know. If, I don't know how much I love that one, but <laughs> hey, you don't get to pick your nicknames, right? That's it's right. That's true. No, yeah. no, you don't. Um, well, my first one here, golf related. Have you ever got a hole in one? No, I think the closest I got was about five inches playing an Airdrie with my, with my uncle. But wow. Other than that, I can't really say it. I've come even anywhere close. Just happy to hit the green. Yeah. <laughs> We're with you. <laughs> I think last time we had asked, um, what was it? Maybe maybe it was Tyler Kearns about designing a hole to make it easy to get a hole in one. You ever set the pins easy and and then go out there and try and hit a hole in one? <laughs> I I can't say that I go out there and try to hit one, but we definitely think about it. Like if somebody's, mm. you know, on a tournament day, you know, mm. make sure it's not hidden behind a bunker or you know kind of at the bottom of a swale and you right, hope that yeah. it can kind of roll in yeah i mean that's obviously just a it's a luck thing but yeah we, we try our best yeah <laughs> cool take the bowling ball out there and tamp the hole down a little bit so it's is that right swaled down. is that the trick <laughs> wow that's a trick now we know that yeah get out on the course early right yeah set or, it up Put a bowling ball in the bag and <laughs> do it for your buddy on the group behind you. Um, what would be your uh, preferred golf ball brand if you had one? Oh, model? man. That's a great question. Yeah. I'm sure you find a lot of balls. Yeah, out you must being, find some in the fescue. Being the family guy, I should say Callaway because my brother-in-law is the Callaway rep. But oh. uh, <laughs> I really will hit pretty much anything that I find out there yeah. in, the, in the fescue. You bet. And when I'm real fancy, I'll walk in and see what's kicking around on the golf pro's desk and steal a sleeve of something. <laughs> well played. <laughs> Steeper's very easily distractible. Yes, he is. <laughs> Just kidding. I there's, there's a duck. Yeah. <laughs> there's a duck. Yeah. Uh, you must find, how many, can you put a number on how many balls are found like per season or per week? I don't know. Uh, I'm sure the guys, I'm sure that's an added bonus to the guys on the team. Absolutely. Um, 
That's that's my other source of golf balls is I just raid their lockers. Um, <laughs> I couldn't even imagine an, a number. There's mm-hmm. a lot of golf balls left out there for sure. Yeah, especially after a corporate event like they're just, oh yeah they're everywhere. But mm-hmm. right. uh, you know the guys everybody kind of has their spots where you see the mower parked and guy right. goes over and and just saw our fairway mower today picked up six in a area oh, really? the size of this table. You know I mean they kind of <laughs> golf balls like to flock together. Yeah. For some reason. <laughs> like the ducks. Like the ducks. Like the ducks, yeah. Um, what would be uh, your favorite course to play or uh, in Manitoba on or yeah, two? Great question. Um, you, you know what? Just because I am partial to it and, and grew up and, and learned the game there, I, I think I always enjoy going home and playing around a golf at Swan River. Mm, nice. There's no doubt about that. Um, I mean, you know what? There's... A ton of beautiful golf courses. We played uh, Carmen for our our turf grass tournament with the MGSA this this August. I guess that one was, and um, it's always nice. You know, I I just enjoy. I like I've said, I don't necessarily love golf, but I love being on a golf course, and I love just seeing everything and and then you know enjoy anyone I can get on. Yeah. Wow. That's a fair answer. Mm-hmm. Yeah, right. I'm just riding the fence hard on that one. But <laughs> <laughs> well, there's so many nice courses out in Westman there. And mm-hmm. I, I don't know if Swan River is considered Westman or Northwestman, but yeah, it would be. It's still Westman for sure. Yeah. Parkland, Park, mm, Parkland, Parkland, Westman. Yeah. Yep, hundred percent. And in very similar, you know, to kind of on the escarpment and <laughs> just a a different part of the province. It's pretty. Yeah. Sure. Yeah, you got a bucket list course in Manitoba that you would, you'd want to get out to to see. Oh, see I told you guys this is the part where I was going to fail when you asked me the golf <laughs> questions. Um, I don't necessarily. Um, I haven't played Granite Hills, and I think that that one's on my Manitoba bucket mm-hmm. list for sure. Um, you know, and I haven't played Hecla. So you know, and there's two mm-hmm. big ones that everybody likes to talk about. So yeah. Those two, I think, would be on my on my bucket list to get played. And Oak Island, you get twenty percent off. Yeah, in September. Go to Oak Island. Have you go to Oak, Oak Island? Island. I have, mm. and I think it's a fantastic property. Absolutely, absolutely wonderful. Des does a great job out there, and uh, I, I also enjoy camping quite a bit. So, oh, it's perfect. Um, you know, I haven't been there to camp, but that's that can be on my bucket list too. Yeah, <laughs> hopefully Des will give me the twenty percent off. I think. Which I think. I think we, he might. Yeah, I think as he long might. as you book. By the end of the month. <laughs> All right. I'm calling him tomorrow. <laughs> yeah. Is Des coming down for the... Uh, uh, you know what? I'm not sure, to be honest. GSA. I, I guess he's a general yeah. manager now. He's, yeah. He might be uh, busier with other things. But Yeah. Um, do you got a, What would be the most memorable course you've ever played or visited um, in your golf career? Um, or I even think, worked on for that matter. Yeah, I worked on some nice ones. Because I had the opportunity to, to go to the States and, and be part of the construction that I was part of there, uh, Osprey Meadows at, at Tamarack Resort, mm-hmm. north of Boise, is is probably that one for me. Mm-hmm. Um, it closed, so kind of a little bit of conclusion to that story. And I said, I moved back in 2009. It was open in some way, shape, or form until 2015. Uh, and then it closed hard until this summer, and they've started rebuilding it now. Oh, wow. Okay. It's going to wow. reopen next year. So um, I would love to be able to take my family back down there someday yeah. and, and show no them kidding. what I was part of. So That's interesting. Um, did you did you ski while you were there? 
Yeah, absolutely. That yeah. was a, a, one of the greatest parts of working year round and yeah. the golf course <laughs> was on a snow day. You know, we had our work to do, but it, when there was a fresh snow day on the golf course or on the mountain, we definitely went skiing for the oh, morning. Wow. So, yeah, jeez. Yeah, wow. it was pretty cool. So you're working at, on the course and the, and then also skiing. Yep. You're not, so the golf like course is at the bottom of the ski hill, basically, and then yeah. there's a lake on one side and the mountain on the other. So, Amazing. Yeah. That's pretty sweet. Yeah, that selling a, me on it. A really cool yeah. spot. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm sure Grey Wolf was nice, too. Uh, yes, I mean, absolutely. Yeah, it's like, a pretty okay place, I guess. <laughs> but, uh, like, uh, and this is kind of getting away from my questions, but, like, mm -hmm. Uh, it's like in the middle of the mountains. There's like greens on cliffs. Like 100%. that must make it yeah. challenging in a way. Absolutely. There was, uh, <laughs> I'll, in the, even in the four years I was there, there was a few pieces of equipment wrecked, a beverage cart. Oh no. You know, that rolled a significant way down a hill. That was a very scary thing. And oh, my goodness, um, lots of stories of people hanging onto mowers on the side of the hill waiting for help. And wow. Jeez. um, but it, but it literally, I mean, there's some holes there that, like you say, are just on the side of the mountain. And, uh, you know, again, just a really unique spot. And I consider myself very lucky to have been able to work at some places like that. So Probably yeah. helps it's a bit flatter here. Sure. I'm guessing you don't have any yeah. of those issues here. We have we have less issues here. We've had a few pond, a few mowers go into some ponds and some little things like that, but nothing crazy. Um, Good. You know, you know, a little bit of credit to Manitoba here, but... Um, you know, the sky is pretty beautiful too. Mountains are always yes, fun to yeah. look at. Mm. Man, on a, on a wide open property like this, every day is different, right? You watch some of the different clouds blow through or blue skies and, and all kinds of things. So, it, you know, just as, just as scenic here. Well, I think that was 1.2 where I don't know if it was when we were playing or was another time I was playing here. You could literally see the thunderstorms that were going on oh, yeah. in the city. But since, you know, just being in St. Norbert, you could see them kind of roll across, but it was dry here. Right. Yeah. Absolutely. Right. I mean, so. And that was pretty neat to get to see yeah. that and you get to see all of it. Yeah. hundred percent. Cause you guys, you guys negatively charge the clouds here so it doesn't <laughs> rain. A hundred. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Actually, I think Brady Landfill handles that for us. Right, we just well, uh, is that, reap the benefits of that. And I don't know if you want to get into that, but like, is there any aspect that the landfill being there comes into your job or is there any like composting in you know that you get from there or yeah actually we we do that's a, a great question mm. um you know not a lot of conflict they kind of handle their stuff there and and you know odors and what are are pretty <laughs> mitigated there's mm -hmm. obviously lots of development around as well so right. um you know i think before we ever have to call or be concerned with anything homeowners are on it right um the the city's compost program yes absolutely we've bought hundreds of yards of it through a through a supplier we don't buy it directly from the city but right it is the compost coming from brady land wow the circle of life yeah, yeah. Right? Mm -hmm. it, you could uh you could run start rowing, running your mowers on methane gas maybe Ooh. <laughs> i'll let you work on that one <laughs> okay but if you can figure it out i'm in <laughs> as long as you can yeah. back me with some uh financing there or maybe Bryce Malachewski hey, he could yeah. help you out yes uh so getting back to the questions here uh you got a number one golf course on your bucket list that you'd you want to play or visit and uh great great question anywhere in the I think world. I'd love to see the old course one day yeah yeah go to St. Andrews just just to see it you know mm -hmm. maybe that's a, a cliche answer but no it's I don't answer. think I even want to play it I think I just want to walk it and look at it 
yeah. and go to their turf care center and right quiz them. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, Braden uh, had spent some time at the old course. I think mm. he had done like an internship there, worked there for a year. He had told us, but yes. uh, yeah. that, that would be kind of cool. Uh, um, but uh, yeah, even just walking it, mm -hmm. you can walk it uh, as a on a Sunday, and mm -hmm. the public can walk it and. Yeah, that would be pretty cool. I'm sure there's some, especially this being a Lynx course, I'm sure there's some uh, some related. Uh, yeah, be some similarities for sure. Similarities yeah. is mm -hmm. the word I was looking oh, okay. for. No, no, you, I wasn't going to find right? it. Yeah, Link, minus the ocean, right? Take that Link out. Lynx style, I think I think our official marketing, we like to call it prairie style. Oh, right, yeah. You know, we're, we're next to a farm field, not an ocean. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but still lovely. A Very beautiful, lovely. Yeah. beautiful farm field. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so it is beautiful. I'm, I'm gazing <laughs> off into <laughs> yeah, the distance. <laughs> I can't see anything. Um, yeah, so number eight here. Well, actually, I got seven is what is your career low round? Oh, geez. Mm -hmm, if you remember. I'm happy to break 90. Yeah? Man, yeah. that's all right. All right. So are we. I'm an 18 over par kind of yeah, guy. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. <laughs> that's good. Um, Perfect for the show. Yeah. Perfect for the show, yeah. Yeah, we can we could all match up pretty equally. Actually, yeah. One day. Uh, JR's slowly getting strokes on us. A little bit, yes. Lowering yeah. his handicap. handicap Apparently practice matter. does work, folks. Apparently it helps. And uh, top tracer. That's, top that's tracer how you get helps. better. The, uh, the turf. The yes. turf here certainly helps. The turf here. It is very uh, nice. And, and that, that is, there's something to be said about that. It's, is, uh, you know, it's easier to hit a shot off of a nice fairway Absolutely. rather than something that is very hard. Yes. Yeah. Oh, a yeah. Little, little bit of cushion and mat layer. I like to call it like just get, get the thatch and sand and uh -huh. you know, it makes a big difference. It yeah. certainly does. Yeah. Um, my number eight here, wild card. Mm -hmm. I'm going to, I'm going to maybe Ooh, yeah. give a few here. Okay. Uh, what would be your favorite hole to play or maintain at Southwood? Oh, maybe think, there's two different answers, but I don't know. No, no, I, I think I'm, I've been partial to our 13th hole since it was dirt. Yeah. Um, you know, a, kind of a neat part about construction is a golf hole looks so beautiful when the, all the soil's been graded before you start irrigating it. Right. And, and that one just kind of always jumped to me, and it's a fun hole to play. You get the water, uh, you know, a little bit of a tighter par four and a little, uh, little bit of a strategic golf hole there, and uh, I enjoy it for all those mm. reasons. Mm-hmm. I'm trying to remember 13, so. Short part four, trees on the left, like way left. Right. Long, narrow green. It's only about 40 feet wide in the front. Mm -hmm. Before the par five, right? Yep. Before the par five. Okay. Where yep. you smashed it over the bunkers. Yeah. Yeah, that I one. Know the one. And that's where I think you took the video of Colwyn putting it close on his. Oh, that one. Chip. That is yeah. a beautiful course. Or a beautiful. <laughs> what do you call them? Beautiful these days? course, beautiful hole. <laughs> Wake up, Mike. <laughs> Give me some more yeah, coffee. Have some more coffee. Yeah. Great coffee, by the way. Uh, no, that is good. And usually I go into that water or go left into uh, the fescue, go very left into mm -hmm. the fescue. But that is a, that's yeah. cool. That is some good thick fescue left there, too. So. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I didn't find anything in there. Um, <laughs> it was dead. Yeah. My was superintendent dead. questions. And this, mm -hmm. is, this is, we'll call this 8B. Uh, your favorite piece of machinery in the fleet? Oh, for sure. It's got to be the, the fairway mower that I showed you guys earlier, just because it is uh, kind of unique um, in, in its size. It's got the seven reels on it and 130 inches wide. 
and then with uh with the gps controls on it is mm-hmm. yeah gps can't go wrong with gps yeah. control technology i was going to ask about that earlier i guess and in uh, in all of the uh turf care magazines that i've been reading recently <laughs> uh, gps seems to be uh, big and uh i was curious what other technology you guys are using uh here i know there last year we talked about like the mo- moisture sensors um and then uh irrigation systems like being run from like an ipad mm. and you guys getting into any of that yeah, I mean, I we've got in-ground uh, soil moisture or soil moisture um, sensors on two different greens that we kind of do the baselines off of, and then depending on the time of year, we'll do some some extra with a portable sensor and and walk around and just check. Um, irrigation systems are you know pretty amazing. Mm-hmm. You know, there's a computer sitting in my office that can figure out how to run a, a pump at 1,500 gallons a minute for oh wow you know. For eight hours if we tell it to basically and and keeps everything balanced and and keeps that system working and the the information and the technology that's involved in that is you know i'll say mind-bottling it (laughs) it, you know really is is pretty unique and yeah we don't do too much with phones or ipads here um only because i don't think i'm that technically advanced myself <laughs> I like to sit down at that desktop and yeah. type those numbers in but, yeah. um, <laughs> fax in the uh, irrigation order yeah, yeah. <laughs> we like fax machines we are big, big time fax machine users you get xerox to sponsor you us should, yeah um, if their fax machines would work oh and then and then so we talked about new technology you got any old technology that is just too good to get rid of like an old scythe or something like that <laughs> you know what we've got a, a seven gang park master we haven't used it for a couple of years and a park master is a ground driven reel so um, okay. it's about 15 feet wide and we used it to mow the driving range for a good number of years oh. and rebuilt it It'd be 40 years old or more. And, no way. Uh, and that's something you drag behind a Just drag it behind a tractor, great big reels with steel wheels on them, and the wheels turn, and cool. and that wheel turns the gears that turns the reel. And, um, yeah, so for the first, mm-hmm. if we've been here 12 years, for the first five or six years, that's how we mowed our driving range and, until we got into this this new fairway mower that I've told you about. And, mm-hmm. uh, um, yeah. Cool. That's awesome. I like hearing those stories. Yeah. Everyone, everyone's got an old piece of machinery that they're just, <laughs> it just doesn't die, right? Right, and absolutely. They're just, they're yeah. made so well. Yep. Um, old faithful. Yeah. There's always at least one. Uh, one more question. One more question, mm, okay. How much is a rake, a bunker rake? <laughs> is <this a laughs> like a, like just like the hand rake that's laying there? Yeah. I don't know if they're, say they're 20 bucks by the time you buy the handle in the head. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Okay. I was reading this article of rakes were needed or not. I think it was more around when they took the rakes away. And then they were saying like some courses have $10,000 invested in their bunker rakes or something. Yeah. We've got 400 or more of them here. So. Yeah, that's, <laughs> that's a lot of rakes. A piece they add up in a hurry. Yeah. Where do you guys fall on this rakes versus no rakes? Um, I don't mind the rakes. No, no, I, yeah. Um, I don't, I guess out of respect for the golfers behind me, I should be raking. Mm-hmm. Uh, if I find, if I were to have my ball in a, in a, in a foot mark in the bunker, I probably wouldn't enjoy it. Um, <laughs> yeah. you know, yeah. but we got through it in COVID and kind of raking with our It's feet. also kind of therapeutic though. I feel like with the rake, unless it's, it's like on those the, little, yeah. um, I forget what they are, but, uh, 
It was like they have like these, no, not sensory boards, but they have those little things that you can put on your desk with the rake. Okay. And you can just like, it's very calming and soothing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'll have to get one. Yeah. Or just get a bunker. Yeah. We talked very about- zen, a zen zone sort of thing. Yeah. Yeah. Where do you stand on them? From an operational standpoint, it was, it's way easier when they're not there for the rough mowers, for the bunker guys. Oh, All yeah. right. Yeah. Um, but, but that's only operationally. Um, I, they're part of the game. I mean, yeah. I think it's part of the expectation of golfing, right? Yes. And, and <laughs> when we hit a bad shot, we like to complain that there's no rake or there's, oh. you know, we got to have something to talk about. So, <laughs> you know, we can, focus, we can focus our <laughs> negative energies toward bunker rakes. <laughs> we could have a full episode We're on good. bunker rakes. I didn't, there were some courses that had the rake on the cart during COVID and that'd be like, oh, that's your own that's your own rake. You're not contaminating <laughs> anybody else by, you know, ger- germinating a, <laughs> yeah. a rake. And I thought that was actually a good idea because it's right in their cart. It's right in the cart. You can, yep. you know, you're going to the bunker. It's not but on the other side of the bunker. Where is the golf cart jousting with the rake? <laughs> That's the first thing I think of. Right? Yeah. I didn't think of that. I thought, <laughs> I <know>. man, <laughs> if I was at a resort course where it was mandatory to ride a cart, that's how I'd do it. Mm. Yeah, absolutely. Right. would have a rake on each cart and then they're simple. Yeah. Then it's the best of both worlds. There's right. a rake yeah. available and you as a golfer knows where it is all the time. Mm-hmm. And, and operationally they're, they're not in the way to maintain the. Product. Yeah. That is, that is one of the pains I think. Yeah. Is trying uh, to find that rake. Yeah. Yeah. They like golf balls migrate together because anytime <laughs> somebody says to me, there's no rakes at that bunker mm. is you go for a walk. And somehow there's four of them piled up on top of each other in the fescue. Uh, <laughs> Everett, yeah. Somebody's just chucking the race yeah. in the fescue. Yeah. Um, sorry, again, off topic. Uh, riding or walking, if, if it are up to you, would you have everyone walking? Or you see a place still for, for riding and you can accept carts? Oh, yeah. Power carts? Um, you know what? When when I lived in Idaho, uh, one of my friends was a whitewater rafting guide in the summer. And when it comes to whitewater rafting, she said dilution was the solution. So that was handling like pee and yeah, on yeah. The, you know, <laughs> um, I feel the same way about car traffic. Dilution is a solution. So we don't have a lot of ropes out there. You play Southwood. There's there isn't a single rope out there. Um, there's a few little curbs that we've got to control mm-hmm. traffic, but. You know what? We want to see as many people enjoy the property as as possible, right? And there's some people well into their 90s that come out here and play golf on a regular mm-hmm. basis. To those people, I say literally, if you have to drive on the edge of the green, do it. I drive a greens mower over the green every day. I send a roller over it every day. Mm-hmm. My pins guy parks beside it every day, no matter how far away I tell him to park. And you don't see traffic from those things. If everybody drove their cart right up on the edge of the green, we'd have an issue. Mm-hmm. But not everybody does. People take different routes. And, and as long as we can handle the traffic and still produce a, a good quality of turf, you know, let them go. Now my pet peeve is four carts in a group and single riders uh-huh. double up <laughs> and please park all four wheels on the path. You're not doing anybody a favor mm. when you pull two off to the edge of the Right. Yeah. And those I, are the areas that we get. And with. I think I just, I may have just mm-hmm. learned that. And there's a lot of things I think we've talked about before and maybe getting away from my back nine here, but mm-hmm. That we just don't know as golfers that we're doing to sure. piss you off as a greenkeeper, <laughs> yeah. you know, as maintenance staff. Yeah. Like I would, I would pull to the side on a path to let 
like another cart come by or the, the beverage cart, yes, yeah. you yeah. know, how often does she, does the cart person come by? I don't know, but yep. you know, trying to make it easier for pretty them. often when I'm out there, <laughs> <laughs> they know where to go. Yeah. <laughs> and then the other thing was on the range, you know, I didn't know I was supposed to, you know, keep my divots in a line. Well, see, I'll differ with you there. Okay. Mm-hmm. There's lots of people that'll tell you to hit them in a line or hit them in a block. Yeah. And uh, next time you're at Southwood, take a walk on the range and walk down one of the lines of divots that's two or three weeks old. Oh. And the people who've hit just randomly, those ones are growing back. Right. You go where people have hit them all in a line. It, it's a surface area thing to me. Right. You know, those are growing in from the middle and, and from up mm-hmm. underneath. Um, when we have lots of space, we like to see people just hit them randomly. It seems to grow back fast. Interesting. Right. Even though... Everything you'll read is what, was yeah. what you just said. And, and that uh, may be, maybe and that wasn't a maintenance uh, kind of yeah. solution. It was more of a, you're going to have more area to clean hit mm, area yeah. to hit from if, if you got the uh, yeah. the line divot in there. Yeah. Anyways, I'm getting, uh, I could ask 600 more questions here, <laughs> but I'll, I'll wrap it up, JR. But uh, so our flagship question oh, right. of our back nine lightning round. What is your favorite condiment? That's the toughest question you've asked all day. Mm -hmm. You're welcome. Homemade relish. Homemade relish. There we go. So do you make your own relish? I have. Not for a couple of years. Source. Yeah. Um, Yeah. Homemade relish. Relish guy. Yeah. Whether I make it or my mom makes some now. And then that would be followed by... By, and it's probably not a condiment, but I like to use it as that, like uh, fridge pickles, you know, just a sliced up. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I am. I'll, you know what? Funny you mentioned pickles. I mean, I guess relish is yeah. pickles, but like, do you like a more vinegary relish? I do. You know, yeah. Okay. So I guess that's probably you could control it more with the homemade ones. Yeah. And uh, for pickles, my wife and I, we found it's called Peg City Pickles, mm. and they make delicious pickles. I don't know what it is. I don't know if it's the vinegar. I don't know what it is but they are delicious if you can track down peg city pickles i know no free ads where did you find these peg city uh, pickles? the cheesemongers on cordon okay interesting I'm gonna get yourself some cheese but get yourself some peg city pickles <laughs> i'll have to venture up there i'd like to not have to venture too far north of bishop grandin for much <laughs> uh, but for these i think i'll go for that drive Try it. maybe they would have i want them. some of that homemade relish yeah Maybe yeah. they'd have them at the St. Norbert's Farmer's Market. Yeah. Maybe they they, they might actually they would have them there. That's close yeah. by. You could drive the mower over there. Right? <laughs> you pretty much have to park here anyways to walk to get in there. <laughs> <laughs> uh, That's and, true. And then uh, secondary to that, do you, do you get any uh, free grub from the clubhouse? And do you have a favorite dish at the Southwood mm. restaurant there? You know what? I have plenty of favorite dishes up there. And <laughs> Chef Richard fails on nothing. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Manitoba Open comes to town and uh, my line to him that whole week is like, I hope the golf course is half as good as the food and the players talk about it as much as they talk about how good your food is, sir. Um, <laughs> sir. And, and uh, hey, that's kitchen talk. You've got to have sir in there. Um, yeah. Uh, uh, the BFC burger. I, I think they hate making them in the kitchen, but they're handmade 
uh, butter buttermilk fried chicken is oh, wow. wow amazing. So mm. yeah, should try that next time. Yeah, well, too bad it's closed right yeah. now. I think it's probably closed. I don't know. Maybe uh, open. We'll probably see. done for tonight. Yeah, but <laughs> it's come back. We'll go it's for lunch. Yes, it's one a.m. right now. <laughs> <laughs> Feels yeah, like Dustin's going to sleep Just here. Nine nine o'clock <laughs> in September. You got to be like up in three hours. <laughs> but that was the back nine lighting round. It is for Bryce Malachuski who is an investment advisor with Endeavor Wealth Management, part of I Private Wealth, and a member of the Canadian Investor Protection Fund. Contact Bryce, 204-515-3446. And as well, we will hopefully get you that DQ cake before all the superintendents embark on Southwood here. And you can uh, check out DQ Manitoba on Instagram, at DQ Manitoba, and they are the Nick and Nicky group of DQs. If you want to see them in person, DQ Northgate, DQ Polo Park in the food court, DQ Niverville and DQ St. Anne's Road. And we also have a bunch of information on how you can hook up with Southwood, uh, or I should say Oak Island Resort and Golf, which is our destination sponsor for their stay and play packages. It's all in our pod show notes. We got all the stuff there. We have a link to our MySpace page. Uh, that doesn't work because we don't have a MySpace page, but uh, we like to talk about it. But again, we really appreciate you taking the time tonight, showing us around. Uh, it's awesome just to get to see the people who make the golf course what it is. And uh, we, we appreciate you just mm. doing what you do, man. Awesome. Thank you so much for coming on. Well, thank you very much for the opportunity. And now hopefully we can make your life easier by yes. keeping those carts. <laughs> we'll keep the carts on the path. <laughs> we'll uh, replace our divots. We'll sand the divots. And we'll just take our ball marks. Yeah, and we'll take a rake with us on the golf cart. Right. I might bring my own rake. <laughs> yeah. I'll just put it in my bag. <laughs> we had a few members do that through COVID too. Oh, they did down it. and... <laughs> fit in and I think those guys are still carrying them today yeah. oh my yeah. gosh well, all so kinds of options a, out there when it comes yeah. to rakes not a bad idea alright well and we'll leave it on that and a bowling ball and a bowling, yeah. and a bowling ball <laughs> for the whole one now is that 5 or 10 pin <laughs> <laughs> I think you need the 10 yeah I think you need the 10 yeah you need the big ball alright well anyways have a good night let's get out of here bye bye so long and you can count on me waiting for you in the parking lot A hidden gem no more. Enjoy one of the top stay-and-play packages in Manitoba at Oak Island Resort and Golf, just southwest of Brandon. Designed by one of the most prolific course architects in the country, you can enjoy over 6,600 yards of challenging and unforgettable golf amidst beautiful prairie wetlands and some of the best putting services on the planet. Once you've putted out on 18, relax in one of the four fully equipped cabins on site while your hot dog or burger cooks on the BBQ. Or if camping is your thing, you can stay at one of the nearly 400 fully serviced sites. Book today by visiting oakislandmb.ca. Des and Andrea would love to see you down there and tell them 18 over par sent you, and Mike and I will buy you around. That's oakislandmb.ca to book your stay and play package now, or click on the link in our pod show notes. JR, we have a lot of fun on this podcast, but I want to take a second to talk about something that has affected me personally. Every year, millions of Canadians suffer from brain freeze. It can happen to anyone. It's a hot summer day. You're aggressively enjoying a DQ cool treat, a blizzard, a dilly bar, or a variety of personalized ice cream cakes, and whammo, brain freeze. It hits you like a triple bogey. 
The good news is you can enjoy these delicious treats in a moderately sized bite. So get over to any Nick and Nicky's group of DQs and enjoy some DQ treats safely. DQ Northgate on McPhillips, DQ Pole Park in the food court, DQ Niverville, and DQ St. Anne's Road. Go see them today for tasty treats.